0: Before we get going on this week's podcast, I want to take a moment to tell you about something exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest California high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team with real time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more. The app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's your number one source for California high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Lance Smith, Bodie De Silva, and me, Connor Morissette. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. the SB Live California podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette. I'm solo this week. No Lance Smith, no Boney De Silva. It's been a crazy week, so you will just be getting me. And I have a bunch I want to get to. So I know it's late in the week, but got to hit on the modern day. Servite classic from last week. Modern day beating Servite in football, 46-37. Got a bunch of thoughts there. I'd like to preview the big game in the Trinity League this week, which is of course, is Servite traveling to St. John Bosco? I got some thoughts in that game. A um, couple other rivalry Week thoughts for some other games around Southern California in football Then I want to finish with a Sierra Canyon boys basketball note because uh, they had their media day on Wednesday. And just, uh, again, everyone knows they're going to be really good, but I'd like to just hit on um, a couple specifics with them because I, I do think there, of course, is some interest there as there is Every season with that school. Um, So stay tuned for all this. Okay. So, modern day 46, Servite 37, in a classic, like I said, in football. I know for modern day, CJ Williams had a great game. Elijah Brown had a great game. Relique Brown, Cam Sidney, Zabian Brown, David Bailey. Those were all my standout players for the Monarchs. But I really left that game, even in defeat, thinking that Noah Fafita and Tatroa McMillan stood out far. Not far greater, but stood out more than anyone else in that game. I, I was really, and starting with Noah, I was just really blown away with his game. 26 of 41, 306 yards, two touchdowns. His running ability was really impressive. No one has done what he did to modern day since 2019 when DJ Uyongalele tore them apart in the second half and uh, won the Southern Section Division I championship. And remember that was only like a half, and then a little bit of the first half. I thought Fafita played a complete game. The offense for Servite left it all on the field. No, it did throw that pick late, but that's when Servite was down two scores and just needed all hands on deck. Uh, the the offensive line for the Friars was getting beat up pretty good, and I, I didn't think that interception was a fair criticism of him because it it was just you know. Balls to the wall time. We got to just do what we can to try to get some points on the board. And Xavier Brown made a great play, but I don't hold that pick against him at all. I wanted to hit on just, again, modern day that defense, it's so talented. 21 points they let up against St. John Bosco. They only let up three against Duncanville. These are national teams. And Servite put 30 on them, led by Noah Fafita, who I thought had a really great night. In my column, I wrote, from Saturday night, I wrote that, I think, and I believe this, he's mastered playing the quarterback position in high school. And uh, I hadn't seen him play that good of a game in his career. Keep in mind, I've been following him now since his sophomore year, covering him. And I thought that was the best game he's ever played. And even though Servite comes up short, they score 30 on offense, uh, 37 final, but they got a blocked punt. So I I can't give him seven of those points. But just to go shot for shot with that modern-day team... Remember, Servite's really good, but modern day is better talent-wise. To do it with the less talented team, still be the standout guy, my takeaways start with him. And and T-Mac, again, on a different night, he maybe even could have had a better game. He was 15 for 163, two touchdowns. One of the touchdowns, as we've seen since, was out of bounds. But even if he had just scored one, I want to go into why I'm so impressed with him shortly. But the reason he didn't have a better game... Cam Sidney, the, the modern-day defensive back, did an excellent job on him, so I got to give Cam his props. But T-Mac, the, going both ways is so impressive, and I mean, the stats speak for themselves. Like I said, 15 catches, 163 yards, two touchdowns, but just how he plays is, is so impressive to me, what he does. You always, when a guy goes both ways, have to think about injury risks and just T-Mac, I feel like he's so smart. He doesn't really put himself in harm's way. When he makes a tackle, it's always very technical. When when he gets tackled, he you know he, he's not getting crunched like you're seeing some receivers get. He, he just really understands the game, knows not to put himself in harm's way, and I give him a lot of credit for, for battling all night long on both sides of the ball, and I thought he showed really great sportsmanship in that game, too. And again, that has nothing to do with talent, but... Uh, anytime you're a good sport, helping guys up, that just re- really impressed me. I thought the the top player for Modern Day had to be Cam Sydney because he did such a good job on T Mac. So I th- I think those guys go hand in hand. But again, McMillan going both ways. He he he's getting the the best shot from from Modern Day's best defensive back, and and to still do what he he did is impressive. But you have to talk about Cam Sydney. Uh, Elijah Brown was fantastic. Only four incompletions. He took some shots from. Jacob Manu, he got him pretty good. Probably the hardest I've ever seen Brown get hit on one of those sacks. Mason Graham got him, too. The Michigan commit on the defensive line. But Elijah, only four incompletions. Calm, cool, collected. No turnovers. He's just set the bar so high for himself. So if he ever does have a bad game and and turn the ball over, I mean, he's really produced... Over, I think that was his 12th game. He's produced such a high bar that when he does mess up, we we can say and we can analyze, yes, he made some mistakes, but that's not the norm. But he's shown what the norm is, and the norm is an extremely high-level quarterback. I thought if you had to say who had the better night based on the quarterbacks, I, I mean, Elijah Brown's stat line is probably a little better, even though he only did throw one touchdown. But, I mean, Noah Fafita, I thought, had... Just such a a great night. So I would have to give it to him. But Elisha Brown was so good too. So I you have to talk about how, how well he played. Relique Brown, maybe his best night ever in a modern day shirt, over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Quincy Craig did well in coverage for the most part, rushed for four touchdowns. He did have a roughing the punter penalty, but it was only five yards. Uh, on a, you know, with different rules. If that was a fifteen yard penalty, that really could have been costly. But uh, that was really the one mistake he made. I thought Zabian Brown, the sophomore defensive back for Modern Day, was fantastic as well. He covered Keon Burnett. Burnett had a couple of catches, but Brown, I thought, won that matchup and, and won it pretty handily, was, was my uh, takeaway in that game. And then David Bailey, the linebacker for Modern Day, had a couple of sacks on Fafita and, and really impressed me. Of course, you got to talk about the Modern Day offensive line as well. They were really, really good in this game, so I give them a lot of credit too. Modern Day was able to run the ball, they were able to pass, gave up a couple sacks, but even Rawlinson said after the game that unit I'm really impressed with them. Looking at the coaching in this game, I think sometimes I forget about how good the Modern Day staff is. And I know non-Modern Day people don't want to hear that. They won't care about that. But I think the 2019 championship game kind of skewed my view of them a little bit. I sort of almost forgot just how talented they are. Because I thought the coaching, yes, they would have liked to get a couple more stops defensively, but I thought the coaching this year, and in this game in particular from the Monarchs, was so, so good. First offensive series, you have C.J. Williams being covered in single coverage, and Elijah Brown goes right to him for a touchdown. Of course, Elijah Brown could have done that by himself, but I, I think the coaching, it's just drilled into him. If you have this look, if C.J. Williams is one-on-one, we're going to win that matchup 10 out of 10 times, and you go to him. And then they did. It scores a touchdown. That really set the tone for the game, even though it was back and forth. But that was a that was a big play in the game, even though it was so early, just because I thought that ended up changing what Servite did defensively. And that was really impressive. The, offensively, that, that was a matchup that I think, Modern day, they said, "Hey, if if you see this, Elijah and, and CJ, if you if you're in single coverage, expect to get the ball." And they executed. I think that was a coaching and a and a practice play situation where this is something that they were prepared for, and they nailed it. Looking back at the Saint John Bosco game, remember some of those adjustments. I don't want to get too deep into those since that game was a long time ago, but they put Quincy Craig on Mateo, and then they had. Josh Hunter began to shadow Chayden James, who went off for over 170 yards, or excuse me, over 100 yards, finished over 170, and a touchdown in the first half, and he was much quieter. The the adjustments that they make have been great. And, man, I, I thought that was impressive. Going back to just that 2019 game, when I say I kind of forget how good that staff was, that was a pretty epic collapse they had. Modern Day, when they were up as much as they were to lose that game, You got to look at the coaches a little bit, too. So I think in 2019, I sort of thought, okay, I know the staff is great, but man, they had a championship there that that these two teams were even, and Bosco out-coached them and just got them with their adjustments in the second half, and maybe that made me think differently about that staff. And then in the spring, I wasn't paying as close attention to coaching just because you know, it's a six game season. It's just, let's write about these players. It was a whole different sort of mentality from a coverage perspective, where as now you absolutely have to look at that. And so again, another takeaway I had just the modern day staff is really good. It's an obvious take, but just that cemented, um, what I thought about them already this year. I mean, they were so ready in Texas that was coaching that whole team and yes, they have so much talent, but getting this level of play out of that level of talent is tough to do. Trust me. Just trust me on that one. Servite's defense, I thought, got a little bit tired in this game. They didn't play that poorly, but anytime you give up 46, you have to look at the defense. And um, they needed, even though they got a block punt on special teams, they needed that additional turnover. St. John Bosco couldn't get moderate to turn the ball over. Servite got the block punt, but they couldn't get the offense for Modern to turn the ball over. And... Troy Thomas, he's a defensive coach, so I wasn't able to talk with him after the game, but I imagine that you can't be happy, even though you're going up against modern day, the best offense in the country, you can't be happy giving up 46. They needed some more stops. They needed to bail out Noah Fafita and troll McMillan. McMillan, of course, plays defense as well, so um, he is included a little bit in that defensive um, critique, but, man, I, I just thought, Noah Fafita deserved a, a, a turnover. <laughs> you know he he deserved something because he played so well and Moderna just they execute so well on offense and, and Servite in that game. Uh, they defensively they just couldn't get the stops that they needed. Moderna only punting twice, so I, I look at Servite's defense and again they're outmatched. But um, that was one of the takeaways I had. They couldn't get a stop they needed to. Credit to Modern Day, but I, I just thought Servite maybe would throw a different wrinkle at Modern Day, or Troy Thomas would pull something, you know, out of his brain to to just kind of rattle Modern Day. And I think his plan was to blitz. It worked a couple times, but Eliza Brown, as we've seen, he can handle the blitz. He can find the open receiver, and that's what happened. I, I think uh, I don't know exactly what could have been done differently, so I don't want to critique this too hard. But again, forty-six points is forty-six points. Looking ahead now to the St. John bosco Servite game, it's at St. John Bosco this week in the Trinity League. Major, major game because the winner will get the two seed, will host probably the other team from this game. Just, you know, it's for home field advantage pretty much because I don't think Corona Centennial will move up to number three over the loser of this game unless it's a blowout, which I don't really expect. Um, So it's big in that regard. It's big for second place in the Trinity League. Bosco, of course, will not want to finish lower than second. They haven't for a long time. Um, But I will say this. I do like St. John Bosco this week. And I moved Servite from number three to number two and dropped Bosco from two to three because when each of these teams played Monterday, it was Servite who gave them a better game. But I'm just a little bit nervous that Servite, they gave Monterey their best shot. Physically, how are they going to be in this game? Are they tired after last week? It would be easy to say yes because... They worked so, so hard a week ago, they got to be somewhat tired. Mentally, where are they at? They gave modern day their best shot, I thought, or right up there. Mentally, are they thinking, oh, man, we give it all we had and, and we still came up short. If we do that again, are we going to come up short again? Are are, is the, are there nerves after playing such a good game? Hopefully, you'd think not. Ideally, you'd, you'd build on that performance, try to get even better. But I don't really know where they are mentally just because, again, they played so well that could be that could kind of work one to two ways. They could build on it. They could come out and get a statement win. But on the other side, it could also go, man, I don't know if we can play any better and we still lost. I'm not accusing them of giving up. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you do just wonder mentally where their heads are at. They played so well a week ago. If they do it again, can they get a win? that's got to be pretty debilitating if they play two really good games and then lose so um I'm I'm looking at that don't want to spend too much time at this but there's some parent and coach kind of clashing a little bit it's not it's nothing major but a couple of personnel decisions uh you know just some off the field things that servite has to deal with additionally I've heard again don't want to go too deep into it it's not really my place but just the reason I'm even bringing it up is because there's some other sort of distractions that the Friars are dealing with this week, and we'll see how well they do about dealing with them when the the game comes on Friday. Uh, But as for like the X's and O's, I think St. John Bosco, of course, I've really been critical of their two-quarterback system all year because, in my opinion, it's a really tough situation rhythm-wise that you can beat 99% of teams with two quarterbacks when you're St. John Bosco, but in the big games... It hasn't worked. 0 two against modern day. We'll see how it works against Servite this time around. But I think really that for Saint John Bosco, that's really the only critique I have. I think they're going to run the ball more than they did against modern day. Modern day showed that you can run the ball against Servite, so I expect Rayshon Luke and Jamari Bates to have a big game. I imagine they'll put Marcellus Williams on T Mac with some safety help, of course. Marcellus, the sophomore, has been covering. The opposing team's number one for St. John Bosco, so that's something else I'm looking at. And then I just think St. John Bosco, they're at home. They didn't have that tough of a test last week like Servite did. They're rested more so than Servite is. I, I like them by two touchdowns on this game. I think they win 42-28 to 28 because um, I just think they're going to execute really well, like I said, and defensively, I'm nervous uh, how Servite's offense will, will – Respond after really giving everything their their best shot. Is the offensive line a little bit banged up? Are they fatigued after last week? I think they might have to be because modern day they you know, that's a really physical team. They they played them really hard, and at the end of that game, a lot of the modern day defenders were getting free shots at Fafita. So where is the Servite offensive line? I'm a little bit nervous that they're not going to be where they need to be in this game just because last week's game, was so tough few other rivalry games I'd like to hit on in other areas of Southern California. I went to Warren this week for a story I'm working on. Spoke with Nico Imalieva, their junior quarterback. His father, Nick, who is an assistant coach at Warren, and then head coach Kevin Pearson. They're playing Downey this week. That is a massive rivalry in that neck of the woods. I remember in the spring, I was at that game. Warren wins. It comes down to the last play of the game. Downey has an incomplete pass. Warren players storm the field one of Warren player tries to plant a flag in the Downey logo that really angers the Warren or the Downey coach, excuse me, Jack Williams who starts yelling at Kevin Pearson and then the next day in the paper there's some back and forth about what happened and there's controversy and it just got a little bit crazy. It was like a he said she said. Luckily no one got hurt or anything. There was some pushing and shoving, but nothing crazy really happened. Um but it was a bad look for the district, and the district has had meetings with these coaches, with principals, with uh, superintendents. And remember, two years ago was the Hail Mary game. Last year it was, came down to last play of the game. These two teams hate each other. It's for the league championship. If I understand why people would be expecting fireworks potentially this week just because it's happened the last two years. But I, I think uh, this week those teams, those coaches – just those programs, they know that the the microscope is on them. It's on TV. They don't want any funny business, the the administrators, the coaches are on almost thin ice, sort of, it sounds like, just because of past craziness with this game. So I think both teams will will still be physical. They'll still play really hard, but there won't be any of that extracurricular nonsense like we've seen in years past. Um, I like Warren to win that game, but Downey, you know, is going to give them their best shot. So that's a rivalry I'm really looking forward to. But like I said, if you're expecting anything crazy to happen, like we've seen the past couple of years, I don't think it's going to happen because, again, these coaches and those programs know they're on, quote, thin ice, unquote, just based on stuff that's gone on in the past. So uh, we'll see. In the city, Dorsey Crenshaw, huge rivalry game. Might not be what it used to be, but still a massive one. Dorsey, they had a really slow start to the year, but they've gotten a lot better. Crenshaw, they didn't have that many players to begin the year, but they've gotten more numbers and they've been better. I like Dorsey in this game. I think Harrison Allen, their running back who transferred from Loyola, is going to have a huge game. So I'm looking at him to be one of the go-tos for Dorsey. And uh, I I think Dorsey, the Dons are going to win. They have more players. I think they have more depth. And Stephon Johnson has those guys ready to go. You can never count out Robert Garrett, though, and, and the Cougars, so I of course, I give them a shot, but I like Dorsey this week. Finally, switching gears to basketball. Sierra Canyon had their media day on Wednesday, and you can imagine cameras everywhere, boys and girls, high-level basketball players, coaches talking. It was really cool. Uh, it is helpful. A lot of you, you see people on social media say, oh, is it worth it having a media day when it's just a, a high school basketball team? When it's really, really elite teams who you might not be able to talk to all those players at once down the line or the coach one-on-one, yeah, I think it is pretty helpful. So um, I just want to be in that camp. But a couple thoughts. So Sierra Canyon, when everyone becomes eligible, all their great transfers, they have four. Remember, it's Jeremiah New Yorko from St. John Bosco, Mike Price from Rebae, um Isaiah Elohim from Heritage Christian, and then Kajani Wright from Windward. Wright will be eligible right away, but everyone else will have to sit out. Once those guys come back, the Trailblazers return a lot of players from last year's team. It's Amari Bailey, it's Ramel Lloyd, you got Bronny James, of course. There are eight guys who were in the rotation a year ago who are back. Add that to the four transfers, and then there was a Russian transfer, Tim Radovsky, I think his name is, who had to sit out all last year. He's eligible now, so... Long story short, there are 13 guys who will have some sort of expectation of playing time. You know, maybe a couple fringe guys from last year's rotation will switch their expectations. But there are 13 guys who could potentially see the floor. And I asked Coach Chevalier, Andre Chevalier, what's the plan to keep all these people happy? And he said, you know, we're going to play really fast, so guys will want breaks. Um, We don't anticipate it being a problem. But for me, I don't remember a Sierra Canyon team. Of course, they've always been really good, but I don't remember a team with that much depth. And they're so much further ahead of every other team in the state. I know Corona Centennial beat them a year ago, but remember Kylan Boswell transferred out. So that team, while they're still really good with Jared McCain, Devin Williams, and Aaron McBride, they're just not on Sierra Canyon's level the only team who's going to beat Sierra Canyon is themselves, I think, because is there going to be an issue with playing time? That's And it's sad, I think, that it's coming to that. Like, But that's one of the most important things I'll be watching because I think on October 28th, the Open Division boys basketball champ is already pretty much decided. No one is close to Sierra Canyon. I expect them to win that crown. Corona Centennial at Awanda, modern day. The usual suspects will still be in the tournament come the playoffs, but man, this year especially, Sierra Canyon has loaded up. It's similar to when they loaded up with B.J. Boston and Zaire Williams, who are now in the NBA, but remember, Etiwanda, they had a really good team that year as well, and they were able to give Sierra Canyon great games. I don't see another team in California this year, with the exception maybe of Corona Centennial, but I, I really don't think so, who can really push this Trailblazer team. So, again... On October 28th, is the Southern Section Open Division boys basketball champ already decided? I think so. That might be hot takery. But, hey, that's really what I think. I really don't see anyone else even relatively close to this team. All right, that's enough of me blabbering on. Thank you so much for tuning in to the SB Live California podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a full slate of uh, Lance Smith and... and Bodhi Da Silva, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.